So, you know, we talked about a couple of notable celebrities, but, you know, Braidwood's kind of a cool place. There are quite a few people who have gone on to some notoriety. You know, I'm not going to I'm not going to go through the process of talking about me. People know who I am, so we're not going to go. That's one celebrity off the list. But there's a couple others. We talked about Anton Cermak, who became the 44th mayor of Chicago. We talked about um, John uh, John Mitchell, who became the head of the union, uh, the minor union of the United States. But there's a couple other people, uh, and I found this to be really, really interesting. So first of all, probably, at least in modern day, the most famous person who's come out of Braidwood would have to be Kay Cannon, although she didn't really live in Braidwood. I believe she lived in Essex. She was in uh, Custer Park. Custer Park, okay. But we'll give her we'll give her Braidwood. But it's technically Custer Park. She definitely went to the high school, um, which is a high school. You know, before I get into Kay really quickly. Good track star, yeah. yeah, she was an incredible. Her whole family's incredible athletes. Uh, I went to school with Luke, and he was just a phenomenal athlete. Um, why is it called Reed Custer? Why is it not the Braidwood High School? Uh, Reed is a township, and, mm-hmm. and Custer Park is the other township. Uh, so it handles those two townships of people that go to school there. That's Reed Custer Town. It was named after the two townships. But Custer it's in Braidwood, though. How come Braidwood's not involved? Yeah. I don't know. It's, it I it want, covers a wider area than Braidwood. Years ago in the answers, 50s, George. they actually covered uh, uh, Wesley Township, and the yearbooks say RWC yearbook. Hmm. And Wesley is like, North of Wilmington, and people told me they used to ride the buses. Oh yeah, that bus, we drove all over with those buses to pick up people. Oh wow! It's it, it's the way the school district is situated. Got it. Is, is what it is. Okay, I was just curious because it's in Braidwood. It's in Braidwood proper. As we've established, you lived across the street. You weren't in Braidwood, um, and yet you've donated your time to the to the promotion of Braidwood, despite the fact that you lived on the edge of the town. Uh, I just wondered why why Braidwood wasn't the Braidwood High, uh, you know. Uh, but uh, you know, I, I'm a comet, so uh, re- go read Custer. I don't, I don't think it was Braidwood. Oh, probably in the 1930s it became Reed Custer. I'm going to hmm. guess. Okay. It was like a lower school, the lower Braidwood school, the East Side school, and this school. Yeah. Hmm. Okay. And then they all came together. It became Reed Custer because it services a lot of different people. Anyway, Kay Cannon from Custer Park, uh, credible track star. She was in speech. She set records for speech. Um, you know, and then she went on to write uh, the Pitch Perfect series, and she directed um, Cock Blockers, and she did. Um, you know, she she was was writing Girl Boss, so she's had quite a prolific Hollywood career. Probably, I would argue, the most famous person of modern memory who uh, who's who's come out of there, uh, which is pretty incredible. But she's not the only person. Um, a guy. I, this this one kind of amazed me, which is Doug Pinnock who was King's X member. That's a, a band from, from the 80s. They still perform. But I believe, if, if memory serves me correctly, I believe one of their videos was spoofed on the old Beavis and Butthead show. Um, although I've yet really? to find proof of that. But I'm pretty sure that, yeah, they made fun of their, one of their, their music videos. But I'm not sure. But I had no idea we had musical people coming out of Braidwood either. Yeah, yeah. The Pinnock family is, is very, the whole family is quite interesting. Uh, when the black coal miners come in, uh, they started a church on, on Cermak East of Division. Well, it was 5th Street then, 1875. And the, the Pinnocks were very big in that uh, throughout the years. And, and all the black people didn't leave after the strikes. A lot of them stayed around. The Pinnocks family became a, a great member of the community. Uh, one of them was a uh, number two guy in the fire department, hmm. right under the chief. He was assistant chief. Uh, Tim Pinnock, 
is very big in, in black genealogy. He lives in North Carolina now. Uh, a couple years ago, uh, the Will County uh, Treasury Department uh, called up the Baptist Church, on, the, the, the the old church on over on Cermak uh, was torched in 1971, I mm-hmm. and uh, they never rebuilt. It was damaged pretty bad, and uh, the treasurer from uh, Will County called the new Baptist Church on Main Street here and asked them how come they're not paying their taxes on the church property on Cermak. And the girl said, we don't have no church property on Sermon. So the girl from the new Baptist church called me up. She said, you know anything about this? I said, yeah, I do. Give me who called you or whatever. And uh, it turns out there was uh, one Pinnock, Evelyn. Uh, she lives in either Lockport or Joliet. Her name was still on that property, and she was paying taxes all these years. Oh, wow. So I called up, I called up Tim, who helped us with some things at the museum here when we started. He's in... I think he's in North Carolina now. I said, listen, I'm, I'm going to make a deal with you. Can you connect me with Evelyn? And uh, she, and she wasn't paying the taxes, and it was uh, like November already. So if you don't pay them by September, there, there's fines and fees added up. But right. I said, I'll pay the taxes, but give us the property, and I'll maintain There's a monument on it, like a, like a big grave tombstone. Hmm. Six foot tall, fifty inches wide. Wow! It's surrounded with a fence uh, because vandals painted it, and knocked it over a few times, and it's all overgrown. You could hardly see that it was there. She got a, a, a like a fine from the city. You had to clean up your property. <laughs> and, you know, so I had a meeting with her and sure. a, her sister yeah. and a Karen Anderson. Anderson was a big black family. Yeah. In town, yeah. I had the first meeting at the, in. Uh, Lockport at the Will County Historical Society. I called up the girl. I said, can we use your building for a thing? Yeah. And we had another meeting, and we sat down with a lawyer, and and uh, I paid two years of taxes, and they signed over the deed to us. So we cleaned it up. It's uh, The property's like 66 by 280 feet deep, and, mm-hmm. and there's this monument on it. I removed most of the fence, not all of it, but I cleaned it all up inside, and you can see it from the street now. But anyhow, we, we both are thrilled about that. We had that uh, historic piece of Braidwood history over there. That's great. Wow. Um, that's incredible. So the Pinnocks were a pretty prominent family in Braidwood. I'd, I'd never oh, heard of them before. Very prominent, yeah. Until, yeah, I, until, I, until I found that he was the, the lead singer. Uh, and I only remember it from the Beavis and Butthead episode. That's really cool. That's a great story. <laughs> um, and one of the other cool things, so there's two professional baseball players that came out of Braidwood. And this is, I remember going to school there, and, and the baseball team was always phenomenal. I remember doing them always doing really, really well. And two, was two state championships uh, in 89 and 90, a guy named Brian Dubois played for the Detroit Tigers. And Les Norman was a pitcher for the Royals in 95 and 96. Um, they both played I think in Braidwood. He's still an announcer, I think. I think Norman still does some announcing. I think. Oh, it's possible. The name actually sounds yeah. familiar, but um, yeah, that might be right. I'll look into that. But um, but it's pretty incredible that two professional athletes came out of out of the baseball program there. Yeah, I think in 2016 they took their class in state again. Class. 2016. Three three A. Yeah, oh, they wow. took a something just recently. Not too long ago. Yeah, they always have a pretty good uh, a ball team. Wow. Football team hasn't been that good, but baseball's Ever. been good. Yeah, football team's never uh, been good. 
I don't remember ever. One thing that I, that I didn't mention when, during the coal mining, yeah. the guys that came from Europe were soccer players. Ah, yeah. And, and as hard, long as they worked and hard as they worked, they liked to play soccer after work. And then uh, 1893 World Exhibition in Chicago, Braid would send two teams, like an A team and a B team. Mm-hmm. The, the, the good team came out second place in the world. Wow. Canada was the only one that beat them. And the second team, I think, took sixth place. They were the top <laughs> ten. <laughs> wow, really? And, and, and the Canadians were so impressed that the next year they came to Chicago to uh, uh, do some uh, tournaments, like exhibition ones. Right. And they said, and they, they came on the train to Braidwood. We got to play those guys again. We had a lot of fun with them. They came to Braidwood and, and played cow. the next year. That's yeah. incredible. Soccer was pretty big early in the early times. Wow. Oh, uh, another baseball story? <laughs> yeah. 1938. No, I'm sorry. It's basketball. That's it. That's all right. We'll get all the sports in. 1938. Uh, there was no uh, classes in the state uh, high school association. You know now they have. Oh right, like based, based on size. Right. 3A, yeah. 4A, 8A, by division. Yeah. Braidwood took uh, second place in the state. Wow. The whole high school had only 46 kids in it. And they Were they all on the team? In, the state, in <laughs> basketball. Yeah. There's like 12 seniors. If, you got, if you've got 46 uh, people, on average, there's what, 12, 11, 12 seniors? Yeah. Are yeah. they all on the team? I don't Well, maybe between all four classes. You know. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, uh, Dundee beat them in the title game. Oh, Dundee. I guess, I guess more than half the town went, went to, it wasn't in Springfield, but it was somewhere down south, Peoria wow. maybe, or Pontiac. Yeah. But, yeah, it was, it was like, even the Chicago Tribune, we got copies over here. They like couldn't believe how could this little town Braidwood go to the state championship? Wow, that's that's crazy. Yeah. I mean, yeah, that's bananas. I mean, forty six people in the entire school. Uh, I mean, I, yeah, I, I, I'm surprised they can feel a state championship baseball team, and there's five hundred kids in the school or six hundred or whatever. I mean, that's impressive yeah, yeah, to me. Yeah, yeah. nineteen thirty eight. They weren't too big, and they went went all the way to the final game. Wow. Well, that's that's inc- that's incredible. Uh, and, and I would be remiss if I didn't mention one of the, probably the most famous appearances of Braidwood, and that's in the movie Trains, Planes, and Automobiles. Um, it's now the Sun Motel, but it was called the Braidwood Inn at the time, and there's a great scene that takes place in front of, uh, in front of that classic motel. Yeah, I just, I don't know where I got it. Just recently I, I posted some pictures of that. Uh, the the ex-fire uh, chief uh, uh, made a comment. He says, yeah, we were... They were going to use braided water to make fake snow, but it was so warm that they used some kind of powdery, I don't know what he called it, some kind of synthetic something. And the, and the car that burnt was over Reed Road, over I-55. That was that bridge. And, of course, the Sun Motel and the, the Greyhound Station was in Wilmington, an old bank building they had remodeled to look like a Greyhound station or a bus station, trailways or whatever they call it in the movie. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That, that People make a comment sometimes. We got in the cabin at one of the DVDs and said, why is that there? So they did a lot of filming here. Yeah, yeah. It's pretty, I mean, it's a pretty prominent scene in the movie. Um, yeah. And, and one of the other things, so when I was, my first, I've always loved jury duty. I'm one of the weird people who I love getting jury duty in the mail. I love going. I want to perform my civic duty. I want to be on a jury. George, I really do. Uh, I've been called for jury duty, I think, three times. The first time was in Joliet. I got called in. Uh, this is, you know, right, probably right when I was 18, 19 or whatever. Got called in and, you know, was, was interviewed. The person that was, you know, the accused was from Braidwood. 
And because I was from Braidwood uh, and it was such a small town, they excused me from being a juror, uh, which was really disappointing. I'll be honest with you. Um, but it was kind of crazy to see. <laughs> I mean, of all the places, you're in Joliet. The person who's coming up is from Braidwood. I mean, the odds of that have to be astronomical, I would imagine. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so before I let you go, are there any, uh, you know, I, I love mystery stuff. I love paranormal stuff. It's, you know, one of my, 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 uh, my favorite things. Are there any fun, like, mysterious stories about Braidwood, or is it a, a, a pretty, uh, pretty normal up and uptown? There was a, 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 a Catholic priest in the, this was quite a, in the 1800s, accidentally shot and killed the sheriff who was coming to look at him. He, he was ill, and he heard somebody walking up the stairs at night, and he pulled his gun and... I don't know if there was a problem with communication, but he did, in the dark, he shot and killed the sheriff. Yeah, that, I think that was in uh, 1868, I think, if my if my notes are correct. Um, yeah, that was a really interesting story because the um, – yeah, essentially, the the story that I read is that there was a lot of um, – a lot of unrest in the town. Uh, there was a lot of like right. like thiever, uh, thievery. A lot of people's valuables were getting stolen, and so the the marshal and the and the priest were actually friends. They had just visited earlier in the day, um, so the the priest wasn't feeling well. He goes upstairs, and then the marshal comes back in to lock the door. And because of all this, the priest thought he was breaking in. Comes down and shoots him, uh, and and kills him. Shoots him twice. I think he four shots. Shot him twice. Um, but it's a pretty crazy story. There's even, uh, you know, we didn't mention this. There was even like a, a storm, or, or uh, that was in 1878 was when the Catholic priest was shot. But in 1879, a fire destroyed the entire town, basically. Um, and then the east side, yeah. And then in 18, 1883, I think there was a there was a huge uh, mining disaster in Diamond that there's still a monument Diamond, to now. Yeah. Um, but that's a yeah, little outside of town. Made the document that there's still 46 bodies they never brought up. 74, I think, were dead. And they couldn't find all the bodies. Wow. Some of them they brought up. The only people, only the wives, or could recognize them by the men, the socks the men were wearing. Yeah, that was quite a disaster. <laughs> wow. Springtime, early springtime thaw and flooded. Yeah, that was that's a pretty crazy one. That's probably the I would imagine the biggest cold. The biggest coal-based disaster that happened, or mining disaster, in the area. Yeah, close by. Close by. Yeah, there were deaths in Braidwood. There was a woman named uh, Williamson. I forget her first name. Her husband died in the mines, and she had four kids. And she said, what am I going to do? She had no income. She started making uh, candy. And from her uh, kitchen window, she the most of the shafts, all of the shafts were uh, lettered. She could see the G-Chef from her kitchen, so she hmm. named it G-Chef Candy, which is still sold in Joliet. No and kidding. Is, you know, it's, oh, yeah. I don't know if they got this original recipe. There's a family is still around. Right. But, uh, uh, it's a, like a hard uh, candy, kind of like a cinnamon. Sure. Uh, people have tried to, I know women that have tried to make it, and they said that they like didn't have good luck. You got to like, let the, <laughs> the tin, tin dry off and then break it up or cut it and... Yeah, but it's Dan's pretty- candies and Goliat sells it. But that was very that she prospered so much she had to hire like four other women to help her. Wow, her candy was so popular, G Shaft candy. Wow, that's amazing. I'm going to look that up. That's incredible. Uh, G Shaft candy. I mean, it's proprietary, so I imagine you can't know the secrets. Um, and those four women probably aren't around now. Uh, once they left the company, <laughs> no, I think no, you no. have to you know take <laughs> care of them. You know what I mean? You can't know. Can't, uh-huh. Secret can't get out. 
George, I really appreciate you sticking around, uh, talking about some of the notable celebrities, some of the you know some of the fun little known facts about Braidwood. Uh, this has been extraordinarily educational. So thank you. Thank you. And I want to thank everyone for listening. Have a good night.